Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. My socks. Yeah, I thought I'd, I thought I'd wear a full suit of stripes. So just picture me under here, for those that can't see up the back, yeah. I'm trying to be a young fella. Stop it. We've got a serious, we've got to be in the spirit here. None of this naughtiness. Father, show us your ways. Father, show us your ways. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for revealing the heart of the Father, for revealing the ways of the Father, for revealing the purpose of the Father. Father, we just ask right now, like Jesus did all those thousands of years ago, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in our lives, in the soil of our lives, in the soil of our influence, the soil of our toil. May your will be done. May your kingdom come. Lord, in the soil that you've given us spiritual authority over in our homes and in our workplaces, in our school, wherever we've placed our feet, you say you'll give that to us. That's a a spiritual key and and weapon right there. Father, I thank you for our city. Lord, that we would be a church that rises up and, and reaches and impacts our city in a profound and meaningful way. Thank you for the keys, Lord, that you're giving us. Show us your way. Father, I just ask that you would show us your way today. I know there's people that need a a word from God today. Show us your way, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for the water, your pure water, flows from your throne of grace. It would just just saturate that dry, dry soil or that rocky soil or that hard soil. Soil that's contaminated by salt or by by erosion or whatever. Thank you, Father, for your, for your water just flowing right through now. Thank you for your peace, Lord, that bypasses our reasoning and our minds. Have your way, Lord, to here today. Use me, Lord, as a, as a vessel to bring a word of encouragement, to bring a word of instruction. I ask that right now in Jesus' mighty name. I just, I just absolutely suspend Stephen and just ask for a pure stream from the conduit of heaven to flow through me today. Have your way, Lord. And we all agree on that? Amen. Make it so. Grab your seats. How's everyone doing? You look fantastic. So do I. Yeah. No, I've got to tell myself that (laughs) because... Thank you. And the good thing about it, I make it look good. Nah. You might think I'm full of myself, but I'm actually not. I say those things because in my head, I don't think those things. I say these things because in my head, I'm actually arguing against that. My wife comes and tells me something good about myself. I say, nah, immediately. Who, who does that? Who does that? As soon as somebody encourages you, you go, nah, if, whether you say it verbally or you say it in your brain meets, you say, nah. Who, I do that. And then Kylie goes, do you know what? You don't, you don't receive encouragement as well as what you give it. And I'm like, ow. You know, like, ow. That hurts. And it's true. We need to be able to receive encouragement because I'm telling you now, the Word of God is full of it. It is in full of, it's full of encouragement. It's full of correction. It's full of instruction. 
And um, especially in this season that we've been going through, God's been talking to us. And it's not just us here in this church in the the most northern region of Victoria, the furthest township from Melbourne. I like that. That we are the most remote township. Well, well, we're in between. Merbeans, actually. I live out past Merbeans, so I am like in the sticks. Like I am so far away from Melbourne. It's... It's not funny to them, but it's funny to me. I, um, we've been applying for getting refinancing on loans. Who's looking at that at the moment since in- interest rates are dropping and the bank that you might have been with um, isn't dropping them as fast? So I started looking at getting a loan and they, they asked for my postcode. So I gave them my postcode and they went, mm, you, don't, you don't live anywhere good. Like where you live, that's a, that's a scummy place to live. They didn't say that. But they were intimating that, you know, you live in a scummy place. We can't give you like a a level one loan that we'd give to somebody that has curbing and streetlights and sewers. And I'm like, they're all things that can go wrong. (laughs) My mum and dad came home from holiday one time and the sewers had vomited through their whole house. My septic tank will never do that. But I love where I live. I love where I live. It's got problems though. But I love where I live. I love my body. It's got problems though. But I thank God for my body. I thank God for the life that I get to live. I thank God for the breath that's in my lungs and the journey that I get to walk. Because if I don't, I'm not going to be thankful for it. And if I'm not thankful for something... I'm not even going to get through the open gates. And if you read scripture, it says that we will enter his open gates with thanksgiving. They're open. They are open. And it's with the password of thank you. Thank you for my life. We won't even get through the open gates without the password of thank you. And then enter his courts with praise. There is such authority in praise. I've got to keep reminding myself that, that there is such authority. God is enthroned. God is in positioned. And we were singing on, um, on uh, Thursday night that, that song, for the Hillsong, um, you know, this is how I fight my battles. It is Hillsong, isn't it? No, no. So, see, that's why I asked, because there was a question in my head. I knew that. With praise. With praise. And as I was saying, we're, we've been... God's been giving us a word at the moment about this is how we fight our battles. It's not just us that's getting there. I'm amazed at how God's speaking to the church at the moment to rise up and not just sit in a place of, oh, well, I don't know why they're not doing this for me and I don't know why I'm not getting positions there and I don't know why nothing good's happening here. Oh, come on, let's be thankful for what we have got and not ungrateful for what may never be ours, may not meant to be ours. Tenth commandment, don't covet. Don't compare what God's given to somebody else with what God has apportioned you because you won't appreciate the gifts and talents, the abilities that you have and the hardwiring that you have that this world needs, right? God has you in this generation, on the planet at this time, because he needs you to make a harmony with your voice, to connect with the body and bring harmony to the body in a way that nobody else can. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I haven't got this one up on the screen, but he said, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom. So it's a realm, the heaven's realm. This is a realm that exists today. And it says here, to forbid on earth, which is forbidden in heaven, and to release on earth, which is released. That which is released 
in heaven. He's given us keys of the kingdom. We've been going through them, how we fight our battles with keys, you know, of of bridling our mind and bridling our words. And and actually that means coming under, you know, the the correction, the encouragement of the word, bridling, (laughs) you know, Who's been watching any of the horse racing at the moment? We're leading up to the the most important day of the year on Tuesday. The race that stops a nation. Melbourne Cup. Oh, yeah. Kylie was watching it all yesterday, getting her ideas together for what she was going to bet on, who she was going to put... (laughs) Kylie likes the pretty horses. Um, And and you've got to admire them. Some of those horses, you see the people walking them in. They're not small people. Now walking in with a horse like this and you're going, that is a really tall horse. I didn't realise God made so many tall horses. Where I'm originally from, but not originally, I'm originally from Wentworth, but my lineage goes all the way back to Scotland. Scotland hasn't got very tall horses. They're like <laughs> little Tonys, like, yeah. Can you imagine a guy in a kilt? <laughs> just, just like, yeah, going along. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Today, I've really, God's Holy Spirit's put on my heart that there are two mediums that impact our lives in a huge way. They're in our experiences and they're our encounters. I spoke about this a little while back, but I just had this come back over my mind and into my spirit as I'm seeking God for bringing a word today. Experiences and encounters. This is the definition of experiences. It's a particular instance of personally observing or enduring or undergoing something. We have a lot of experiences in life, don't we? Things that we, we can contemplate on, but it, it produces a cognitive pattern in our brain. Your experiences will come, or they'll come back to you. You work on something, those experiences will come back to you. Like you may not have ever, you know, you ride a bike, you play a sport, you know, you kick a football, you lift a weight, you know, you, you, your body remembers things, your brain produces a cognitive pattern. If you have words spoken into you from a young age, those words impact you profoundly. That's why the Word of God says, train a child, speak into a child's life according to their gifts and talents when they're young and when they're older, they'll remember those things. They won't go away from those things. I remember when I went to kindergarten, I had, they didn't like me. And um, I had a lot of bad words spoken over me that I was a naughty boy and a bad boy. And, a, and you know, and, and I, it affected me profoundly, profoundly. And I had to, I've had to make some massive adjustments in my cognitive process to you know, rewire those thought patterns because I immediately think that I'm always doing the wrong thing. Anyone else? Feel like that, you know, you do something, you're like, oh, is, is anyone going to give me some positive affirmation here? Am I on the right path? Am I going in the right direction? So our experiences can affect us profoundly. The second one are encounters. Encounters means to, to come upon or position oneself to meet with, especially if you're talking in a military perspective, when they have an encounter with the enemy, they, they position themselves in the... Um, in Sensu's book on um, the art of war, he said, never wage war on ground that you can be defeated on. So he, he's saying, position yourself well to fight your battles from that area. But this, I want to just talk about a few things that encounters are actually more purposeful and intentional than our experiences. Experiences are what happened to us, but our encounters are what we position ourselves and intentionally 
choose to get out of those experiences. Okay, so you, I, I've just got two statements here. I am more than the sum of my experiences. I want to speak that over your life now. You can say those words right now. I am more than the sum of my experiences. And, and the second one is I must position myself for good encounters. I must position myself for good encounters. So we have a choice to dwell on what happens to us or we can dwell on what we get out of what happens to us. And God says he can make all things work together for good for those that are in Christ Jesus who are called according to his purposes and those that love him. So today I want to talk about how we fight our battles with our choices. Now, this is not exhaustive at all because this is such a huge area, isn't it? Choices. Who has limited choices in their life? Oh, one up the back? No. <laughs> no one. We have so many choices every day and it's growing. It, it's, no one is limited by the amount of choices. We have so much going on um, at the moment. Oh, yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm going to go there. Um, Choices have a profound effect on a lot of stuff. On Tuesday night, I chose to take my wife out for dinner. I went, yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No need for applause, it happens quite often. And, um, but I said, hun, do you want to go out for dinner tonight? Let's go out for a nice romantic dinner. And she's like, oh, that's nice. Let's go out. She doesn't sound like that. Uh, let's go out for dinner. So we get ready. I'm making a reservation and we head out for dinner. And as I'm driving out the driveway, I look to my right and I see a water leak that had sprung right next to the road on my neighbour's property on his driveway, but on the road, not, you know, just before his driveway. And it was running down, my, down the side of the road. It had done about 20 metres and then it was starting to go into my driveway. It was like 6.30 at night in my street. Not many people move around that time. We don't have footpaths. We don't have street lights, as the bank has told me. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, what a, what a horrible place to live. There's bird life everywhere. There's animals. Like, um, we can see the stars. We can see the moon quite clearly. People come out there and go, wow, your stars are really bright. Yes, our stars are really bright. So I'm driving out the driveway and I see this, but... We've been having some warm weather. Now, on my property, I, I did have an in-ground watering system. I've got to fix that. But uh, I've been dragging those little wobblers around the place watering the garden. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm driving out very quickly, hey, this could just water my whole property, you know, this leak. Oh, and I haven't watered that section that it's now flowing into. This is fantastic. Beauty, Tig. Thank you, Father God, for sending this free water. And I drove out there and I said to Kylie, oh, well, well you know, let's just let it go and let it water the property. So I, I pulled out the driveway, hadn't even got 100 metres down the drive, and I went, nah, I've got to call someone. So I rang up my neighbour and I said, Zach, your, your driveway's about to get flooded. Um, it's just a little trickle at the moment, but you might want to call them up. So we go out for dinner, have a lovely dinner, come home. And the guys are out there. And they're checking where the Telstra lines are and all that, and they're going to have to dig it up and replace it. But the guy says, we've decided we're not going to turn off the water, though, because we've only just turned the... This is irrigation supply to all the properties there. That's all we've got. We don't have town water. 
as my bank told me, we only have river water supplied to our property. Yeah, well, what about the you know, $6,000 filtration system that I had to put on the house so that we've got clean water to the house? Oh, that doesn't matter, bank. You know. <laughs> so at 9.30, all the crews turn up. Trucks are everywhere out the front. But they've decided not to turn the water off because I've only just turned it on. And that's the irrigation supply for all the almond groves around our property, for all the, the vineyards. And they need to water because it's hot at the moment. And so they decided it's only a little leak, so we won't turn it off. And they made a choice not to turn it off. And I heard them say that, and I said, ah, oh, that's fine. You guys are, you know, you're experts. You know what you're doing. So we're sitting and watching television and watching Would I Lie to You? If you want to watch that, great show. And uh, on YouTube. And we're watching that, and we're having fun, and... And I could hear the wind blowing in the trees. And I'm like, oh, wow, the wind's blown up. Oh, I know we're getting some rain later in the week. Maybe the wind's starting to blow up and all that. And um, come 10 o'clock, I turn the TV off and Kylie goes, what's that noise? And I went, oh, the wind's really blowing outside. And Kylie goes, sounds like water. And I went, I know, but the... Oh, no. I do the Harry Holt straight out the door. And my shed is like got this much water just roaring down through there. And I'm like, hey, hun, it was water, you know, and I walk out and I step off my back step into about this much water. If you know our property, we're on a hill. It's like got from the driveway to the back of the property, it's got about a five metre drop. You know, it's not a hill. But for Mildura, it's a hill, okay? For Mildura, it's a hill. For anyone else, it's a slight gradient incline. Um, and so water is just pouring through our property. And I walk over to the shed, and it's actually built up. The water's banked up and getting a bit of a white cap on it. You could almost, it's better than the wave pool in town. It had this white cap, and I was like, oh, good, it's not going into the shed. Walk down the side of the shed. It's a 7-metre by 16-metre shed, and I, and I look at my door, and there's water just pouring out the bottom of my door, and I opened it up. And you know in the movies where they, that wall of water comes out? Well, that didn't happen. But it had a little bit of water. It was about this much water flowing right through. The, and after Callum and Kim's wedding, we just... You know, we were in a hurry getting things done, so things got thrown into cardboard boxes and chucked in the shed. Tools were just laid in the shed, whippersnippers on the ground, pumps on the ground, everything, even extension leads in the shed. You wouldn't believe how much junk is in my shed, but um, for some reason it seemed to have collected in there. I'm making a choice to declutter my shed now, and the whole driveway is in my shed. We have this beautiful, compacted, road-based driveway that we, we'd only just rung up recently to see about getting bitumen put down on our driveway, and it's now washed up with huge crevices in it, and it looked like washaways, you know, from a river. Choices can have profound impact, and so these guys then decided, came down and they were apologising, saying, we're well, sorry, we messed up, we didn't realise it, and you could see, like, this old faithful geezer just shooting up out of the ground and they're, they're turning it off and but it takes two days for that for that pipeline to empty we still while they were turned off we still had water at our property because we're on a slight gradient incline or we're at the bottom of that and it kept flowing so these guys made a decision now I could have made a decision then as well I could have mouthed off at this guy 
and, and absolutely abused him because my share, it's ruined now. Like my big DeWalt um, reciprocating saw and saws and drills and that was sitting with its open and it's underwater. And I'm like, it's like thousands of dollars sitting right there. And um, Anyway, this guy came down and he said, I'm sorry, we've made a mistake. We should have turned it off. We're turning it off now. It's going to slow down. And it didn't for like two or three hours. It just kept pouring down our driveway. And I just said, what can you do, mate? It is what it is. Um, we'll get it sorted out. And he's like, wow, you're taking this really well. And I'm like what can I do? I, I can jump up and down. Is that going to stop the water? I can start screaming at you and yelling at you. With, is that venom actually going to cause the water to recede like the Red Sea and so I can walk on dry land yet again? But no, that's not going to do anything. So I could have reacted to him and yelled and screamed at him and I was just like, of course it's going to flood. I could pray for it, um, but God's going to make all things work together for good. Now, I say that because now it turns out that these guys have bent over backwards to um, fix our property up. We've got a brand new road-based driveway in. Um, they, they've been cleaning it. <laughs> We've got rocks like this all through our beautiful garden. I'm out there showing them photos of what our garden looked like for the wedding, just so I could say, see, look, huh, huh, huh? So I can compare the difference before, after, before, after, yeah, yeah. Everything happens for a reason, but sometimes that reason is just because you're an idiot. <laughs> I heard that quote once, and it stayed with me. We've all got moments like this in our memory, in our experience, where we've made silly decisions, and it hasn't turned out that well for us. I saw one of those one um, tattoos get me because when people try and get um, tattoos done, you know, and the person makes a mistake, somebody wanted their name um, in Hebrew written down their spinal column. I don't know why, but that's what they wanted. And so they, they looked it up on translation and they, they took it with them and the person copied it perfectly, the translation that they got for their, their first, their middle, and their last name. And it's quite a long one. But what it actually says is that um, Google Translate is the best translation form. It was on the bottom of the translation, and they grabbed that Google Translate is the best one for English to Hebrew. And they have that written down their spine now. Now, I'm taking the person's word for it because I can't fluently read Hebrew. <laughs> Matthew 6, 19. This is Jesus. We've been running through Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. And again, I, I just exhort you and encourage you, read Matthew 5 to Matthew 7 through. There is such profound teaching that Jesus brings to us. It's like he's recovering the Ten Commandments, but from not just from the, what God brought in, this is how you need to have a good life, but Jesus is actually bringing the heart of the Father out in all this and revealing the nature and the character of the Father in saying, this is how you have a good life here on earth. This is how you have an abundant life and so much more when I do the deed for you and I lay down my life for you. In Matthew 6, 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven 
where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you know what? So many of us have put our treasure in what, on earthly things. I know I do. I'm going through my shed at the moment, and there are things of value in there that I'm thinking, but I could get that fixed now. But it's just been absolutely destroyed by water, but I could get it fixed, and, I, and I've got no room to store the thing. The reason that it got flooded, because it wasn't up on a shelf, because all my shelves are full, so I'm like, I've got to throw this out. But uh, yeah, my treasure's in that, but I don't want to have just treasures that are in earthly things. Are you getting my perspective here? Because we... Um, we are now decluttering. Kylie was reading a thing at the moment about decluttering and minimising, and the issue with all this is that it doesn't stop our consumption. We're still buying stuff, we're still, but we're throwing out even more. I don't think that was God's plan for mankind, that we would just produce garbage so that we could buy garbage, live in garbage, and then every now and then throw that garbage out into a landfill where we take stuff out of the soil, stuff out of, uh, out of creation, and then we fill it back in a hole after we've dug it up. All the plastic comes from petrochemicals. And then what do we do? We put it back into a hole in the ground. It doesn't turn back into oil. <laughs> the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Dad was just talking about that, about light. You know, turning on the light and knowing where the switch is to turn on the light. Jesus is saying here, your eye is actually a switch to your whole life. What you fill your eyes with is going to have an impact, not just in your body, but in your soul. It's going to have an impact on your soul. And it goes on to say, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness within? How, how great is the, the, the darkness in your soul? Um, and then he says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now, this is the kicker. You cannot serve God and money. I've always wondered about that. You know, you can't serve God and money. When did money come into this? Because he was actually talking about, um, you know, your eye and your soul and everything like that. But it did start off with treasures. But the word money here is actually, it does translate as mammon, as in a, a, one of the, the Chaldean, Chaldean gods, which was mammon. But the word is mammonous, which means self-confidence gained from wealth, self-over-importance. You can't serve your own over-importance. You can't serve your own confidence gained from treasures and wealth on this earth and, and God at the same time. There's nothing wrong with having wealth because we need wealthy people. God's heart is actually for us to prosper and for us to do well in life and, and to produce good fruit. And it says, word of God says that a, a workman is worthy of his hire. He, he's actually meant to earn a wage for it. So it's not, God's not against wealth. He put it in the earth. He put it there for us to enjoy and for us to steward well. The problem is we're not good stewards of it. We need to get our perspective shifted a little bit in how we steward stuff. It goes into greed, avarice. Ooh, but not only just avarice, it says here, avarice 
deified. So it means actually when covetousness, when your greed becomes a God to you, it is the number one thing that you wake up about. And when you go into a deal, it's the number one thing. How am I going to get the most out of this? Because I know that there are people on the earth that actually live like this. They're just thinking, how can I rip someone off? Because if I don't rip them off, someone else is going to rip them off, so I might as well rip them off. There are drug dealers that say, hey, I'm just trying to make a living to feed my kids, and and if I don't sell them drugs, then somebody else is going to sell them drugs, so why don't I sell drugs so my kids can eat? And they justify their position like that when uh, you can't serve God and Greed at the same time. The pattern of this world just seems to be modelled around greed. So we've been trying to declutter and we realise that there's a lot of stuff that we've bought and collected. I would not want to move at the moment. We are stuck in our house for at least the next 20 years until we can clean it up. I make our house sound like dumb, don't I? But no, we've just collected a lot of stuff. But our focus isn't so much on that Our focus is just on having a good life and and making, you know, the best of things. But just realising now, there's a lot that we put our focus on that we don't actually need. It's a distraction from God. We need a good relationship with God. We don't need all the other stuff that seems to, that we choose. Mm. There's a relationship between the I, covetousness, and our soul. Choices can lead to dark souls. But choices based on God's promises can lead to a very bright and light soul. That is God's heart for us. Don't worry about anything, Philippians 4 says, but in everything through prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving, being thankful to God for what you got, make your request, and then the peace of God, the light of God, the, the ability to see it when you're in a conflict, when you're in a war zone, that no matter what's going on, I can see clearly God's got this. I know that he's faithful. I know that he's going to come through for me. He's done it before. I see clearly in my memory. I see clearly in my past where, where things have gone wrong and God's come through for me. When, when I've prayed for situations and God's done something, turned it around. Choices founded in God's promises lead to light in our life. Jesus is the light of the world. We know that, don't we? But where are we putting this in? I just want to encourage you today, make good choices. And if you don't know how to make good choices, yeah, James 1 talks about that. James 1 says, you know, count it all pure joy, all joy, complete joy. When you suffer trials of many kind, (laughs) who wants to hear that when you're going through trials? But there's a truth There's a key in this. There's a key to the kingdom of God in this. It's a key of the kingdom that we can have the kingdom here and now when we change our mind and change our attitude and we choose to praise God in all situations. We choose to be thankful in all situations, regardless of what's going on. I can't get past that. Choices founded in God's promises lead to light. There are some people that I've met in my journey of life, life that, it, that no matter what is before them, they are encouragers. They are always going outside themselves to bless others and care for others and look after others. And then there are some people, they seem to have everything and they're still complaining about what they don't have. Or even what they do have, they're complaining it's such a weight to them. 
Like, I've got this job and it just takes up all my time. And I, but you've got a job. Do you know how many people are looking for jobs? And they're like, oh, you might have two jobs. And oh, one job, I'm just going from one job to another. Then manage it well. And be thankful about it because if you change your mind and your attitude about that job, you will change the atmosphere of your life and you will change the atmosphere of those around you as well. And aren't we meant to be light and salt? I think that there's a key of the kingdom right here in the way that we choose to speak about the issues that we have and the choose, uh, what we choose to even meditate on. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, God. Be acceptable to you, God. I'm ch- hey, this isn't me preaching at anyone. This is me listening to what I'm saying. Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord. My soul. This is a soul aspect again. On Thursday night, Frank um, stood up and said, I think we need to get, because we were singing, this is how I fight my battles with praise. This is how I fight my battles. And he said, I feel that there's people here that have got darkness in their mind and darkness in their perspective at the moment, and we need to surround them, and we need to sing praises to God. So we, we just put out, Frank put out the call, anyone that needs that, and a, and a bunch of people came forward and just, we stood around, Kylie anointed them with oil, we sang praises around them, and um, you might think, yeah, well, what's that really going to do? Do you know what? At number one, it's going to start something different. It's a great, it's a great moment of, of repentance, of turnaround, of turnaround, because it, it actually costs you to walk in this. It costs you to start making a choice to be thankful in all things, to praise God in all situations, to pray in all situations instead of complain and whine about things. But just because when I, I find that I'm, I'm in one of those places where I just want to complain and whine, I just go, thank you, Father, you've got this. Because my complaining is not going to add to it. It's actually going to make it worse. Don't worry about anything because, you know, don't worry about today. Today's got enough, or tomorrow, Tomorrow's got to worry about itself. You know, who by worrying can add anything, even a moment, to their life? Nobody can. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. You might think, but I've got some diseases that he hasn't healed yet. But you know what? You've had cuts, you've had bruises, you've had breaks, you've had issues, you've had um, cell breakdown, you've, you've had stuff in your, you've had colds, you've had sniffles, you've had, I don't know, fevers, and God has healed you. And you might say, no, my body healed. Who put that in there? Be thankful for that. Remember, God has healed me in the past, my body, through just incredible process, because it reflects the nature of God. I am a reflection of God. I'm made in his image. He is a healer. I've got healing in me as well. Who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. Who redeems your life, who buys your life back from the pit, and he crowns you with love and compassion. I've got to remember that, that I'm not in a pit. I don't have to think lowly of myself. And I want to speak this out right now. You don't have to think lowly of yourself. You don't have to have a bad perspective. You don't have to take on the pattern of this world of who do you think you are. No, no. You are crowned with love and compassion. You have been redeemed. You've been bought back with a huge price from the pit. And he is healing you. He's forgiven all your sins. And he's crowning you with love and compassion. And he satisfies my desires with good things. So much so that my youth is renewed 
like eagles, like an eagle. You know the eagles, they can soar for thousands and thousands of kilometers and it doesn't even use up hardly any effort. They just keep moving. That's why it says that, you know, that we'll rise up on wings like eagles where it takes no effort at all. I've seen some old people, sorry, that's more mature people, some more senior people that have actually got more energy than some young people. And um, I want to tell you now that that's because I've got the life of God in them. And I, I looked, I've looked at people all, my whole life and just read humanity and I, I look at some of these older people and I go, wow, I want to be like you. I used to think, I want to be like you when I'm your age. Now I, I, th- I look at them still now that I'm older and I'm, I look at them and I go, I want to be like you now. I want to have your energy now. I want to have your passion and your zeal and your perspective now. Psalm 1, first psalm that I ever memorized, but this is out of the Passion Translation. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. But his pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. Not meditating on that which is dark, but meditating on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. The brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Are those who meditate on the Word of God, who meditate on what God's promises are, not on what the experiences are, but they position themselves to get the God encounter. God, where are you in this situation? James 1 says that if you lack wisdom, Ask God for wisdom. God, what's happening in this situation? Why, am I in, why are we going through this? Why am I journeying through this at the moment? Ask for wisdom. Give me wisdom, Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom, God, so that I know. And it says, and God will give generously without any, any issue at all. He won't use any judgment. He'll just pour it out. He doesn't care who you are or what you are. He will pour out wisdom for you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Where would we be without God? Where would this world be without God? Stuck in sin, sacrificing animals in an old covenant, but now sealed in Jesus' blood is the new covenant of love, the new covenant of an open gateway to us. Can you just stand with me if you can? I want to speak this out over you as we finish up right now. This promise about making good choices and what you meditate on and what, you, what we allow into our, our eyes, what we allow into our mind. And it's not just what you look at, it's what you actually meditate on. Wow, I've meditated on some garbage in my life. And it's affected me. And God has to do some dealings to, to get rid of that. But it says here, that when you are meditating day and night on the revelation of true light here, the true revelation of light, I should say, 
you'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, spirit of truth that will lead us into all truth. Jesus, he's your spirit, released by you. Holy Spirit, I thank you now for moving on minds, moving on souls, moving on memories, moving on atmospheres of life. I thank you for the promises that are in your word, Father, because they're not promises of, well, could be, could be, might be, might be, yeah, but they are promises of yes and amen. I thank you that we don't have to deliberate about it. We just have to agree with it. And where two or more agree on something there, it's enacted by our Father in heaven. Father, I thank you for good choices. I thank you for good mindsets, good attitudes. I thank you for this season that we're in, that you're making us aware of the battle that's in front of us, but the victory is Jesus. The victory has already been won. We just need to step into that victory. And I thank you for the, for, for the memory of Jesus, that we get to remember him when we take communion and partake in, in, his, in, that, in that, yeah, that whole process. But we get to proclaim his death and proclaim the victory of his death that death was, was dealt with, that sin was dealt with, that the grave was dealt with, that division was dealt with, that oppression was dealt with, that bondage was dealt with. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we can now take every argument and every high and vain thought in our minds and we can cast it down to the authority of Jesus. Thank you for the weapons that we fight with. They're not earthly weapons, but they are divine weapons for tearing down strongholds and tearing down those things that would try to stand up against the true revelation of light in our life. And I thank you for the trees that are planted here by your design right now. Each life, each marriage, each family, each child, each teenager, each young adult, each mature senior. Father, I thank you that they are trees planted by your design by your design, and their, their deeps go, their roots go deep down into the soil of that brook. Oh, that brook of bliss that your word speaks of. And I thank you right now that they're never dry, they're never fainting, they're ever blessed and ever prosperous, never dry in Jesus' name, never fainting in Jesus' name. I speak against that fainting depression, against that, that fainting imagination. That vain imagination, you come under the authority of the name of Jesus. Mind come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Thoughts come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of revelation. Never dry, never fainting. Oh, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Father, I thank you for blessed minds, blessed atmospheres. We would thank you for the blessing that you bring, the blessing that you are to our life. And I thank you for the prosperity, the fruit that flows from that. Father, have your way. Have your way. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are comforter, that you are nurturer, that you are our closest companion. Start to thank the Holy Spirit for moving in your situation. Start thanking God, the God of creation, the God of authority, the God of life, the creative God, the loving God, the compassionate God. Slow to anger, abounding in love. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. 
If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.